Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or a workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gutty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line, and we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today, and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY. That's at WellversedCMDY. Or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the live edition of Gifts for Glory. We're so glad that you're with us on this Monday night. Uh, programming note for those that uh, join us every week uh, live on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, we will not be live next Monday night. Uh, next Monday night, Bobby and I will be on our way back from Dallas, Texas. Uh, many of you that have followed the show know about Moms in the Making. Uh, we're going to the Moms in the Making conference in Dallas uh, for um, uh, their sixth annual conference. Uh, I think there are still tickets available. Go to momsinthemaking.com to find out more about it and uh, more about this amazing faith-based uh, fertility support group for women. Uh, momsinthemaking.com is a wonderful organization. Really proud uh, of, uh, of my wife for being a part of it. Uh, our friend Brooke Simpkins, a member of Wellverse Comedy that uh, you saw our commercial just a moment ago, uh, just is a phenomenal organization. If you know somebody or you are somebody that's uh, struggling with the journey of growing your family. Uh, I highly encourage you to look into Moms in the Making. There's or, there's groups all over the United States and internationally, as well as virtually, that you can join and uh, be a part of to find that fellowship, to find uh, that, um, that camaraderie, and also that support as you work to grow your family and maybe you've come into some obstacles as a part of that journey. So momsinthemaking.com, highly encourage you to check it out. And uh, uh, you know, see if it would be something that you would want to be a part of. Uh, for those in the Chicagoland area, uh, come on out October 15th. That's not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday, October 15th. Free show, Good for the Soul at Lombard Assembly Church, 447 West North Avenue, Lombard, Illinois. Uh, you can find the details on our Facebook page at Wellversed CMDY. At Wellverse CMDY. That's next Saturday, October 15th. Free admission, free comedy for everybody. Because Lord knows, as we get closer to this midterm election, uh, we're going to need that respite. We're going to need that break. We're going to need that separation from reality. Uh, and just have some really fun comedy at Good for the Soul. That's October 15th. So hope to see you there. Uh, if you are in the Chicagoland area, and if you're not, it's worth the flight. I mean, Southwest has some awesome deals, so come fly out, see a show for free. It'll be a lot of fun. 
Uh, but uh, with that said, we're now going to jump into our devotions with Dave segment. Our uh, devotions with Dave is coming from Ephesians 3.12. And uh, here it says, um, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. And uh, this verse is very important. It says so much here because because Christ opened the door. He tore the veil. His death tore the veil from up, from the top to the bottom so that we can approach God the Father. And we should do it in reverence and respect and honor, but we shouldn't do it in timidity and fear and and afraid of what God's going to say or do. We're his kids. We can go to our Father and we can tell him what's on our heart because he already knows. So it's okay to just approach the throne room and do so with boldness and confidence to ask God, who is the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills, who owns the hills that those cattle are on, and just approach him with boldness and saying, Dad, this is what I need. This is what I feel like I, I, I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. Dad, I need your help. Uh, so uh, we can go in there boldly and confidently, knowing that he's our father who loves us. And uh, we just have to honor and respect that. But at the same time, also don't go in there timid and afraid because God loves us. He's our father in heaven. And he loves when his children come to spend time with him. So that is our devotional day from Ephesians 3.12, reading from the NLT. Uh, so I uh, hope that uh, encourages you. And I encourage you always get into the word and study for yourself. Sometimes in these devotions, I might get something wrong or I might be inspired and misunderstand the inspiration. So check the word out for yourself. Never trust a little guy in, in a box to tell you what to believe. Trust the book itself and uh, dive in and have your own devotional time with the Lord. So now we're going to uh, dive into our uh, guest at this time. Uh, she is an author. Uh, she is also somebody that works diligently to help uh, people make better choices with their health, to help fight cancer. She's a cancer survivor herself. So please welcome Jenny Dent Brandt to Gifts for Glory. Jenny, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here from South Carolina. And uh, we're so glad that you uh, personally, uh, we were talking before we went on the air, that uh, you uh, lucked out as far and were blessed as far as like uh, Ian, the hurricane went by. Uh, but you do have friends that are uh, you're still waiting to hear from. So uh, prayers definitely out to the southeast of the U.S. as they struggle uh, to, to dig out of the hurricane. Um, so, Jenny, uh, tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself and um, about what we can find uh, through your blog at uh, JennyBrant.com. Okay, well, let me tell you this. First of all, I became a Christian at age 16 after my dad had moved us to Washington, D.C. because he worked for the president of the United States. Hmm. And it was during that difficult move that I gave my life to Christ and began walking in a different direction, learning his word and the power of prayer. And so what I learned at age 16, I would use at age 58 when I got the cancer diagnosis, mm. something I totally didn't expect, Dave. And it was literally four months after my mother died from breast cancer. Mm. And so I was still grieving her loss when I accidentally, or as my sister says, providentially yeah. found the lump in my breast when my ring on my hand got tangled in my nightie in the middle of the night. That's what caused me to find a lump mm. that three mammograms had missed. Mm. So the first thing that happened was when the doctor told me this tumor you found, it is cancer. I really didn't think it would be cancer. Mm. And the next week, 
He calls me up and says, well, it's also aggressive. Well, no one wants that in the same sentence, tumor right. aggressive. And then a few weeks later, my MRI results would come back and I wasn't expecting any more bad news. And the surgeon looked at me and he said, it's worse than we thought. I thought, how could it be any worse? It's bad enough. And he said, well, it appears to be in your lymph nodes and in other parts of your body, oh, which wow. means you're really going to fight for your life. So that is what caused me to come up to your area around Chicago and get a second opinion at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Hmm. And so that's what caused me to dive into the cancer world unexpectedly. And the interesting thing about my case and the reason I've researched so much and connected the dots between the Bible, nutrition, how God created the immune system to work and the current medical research is because this gal had none of the risks. There are eight risk factors for the breast cancer I got. I didn't have one of them. Mm. So they did extensive genetic testing thinking, oh, this must be genetic. No, it wasn't. And that's what caused me to dive so deep into the research and to share research with other people because my doctors clearly told me, you know, we're finding more people like you that don't have the normal risk factors, yet they're getting breast cancer. And I just, I wanted answers. I wanted to know why I got a cancer I had no risk factors for or genetics for. And I also wanted to know what I could do to help my doctors to beat it. Mm -hmm. Because most of us go to the doctor with problems and I've been guilty of this, doctor fix my problem. It's up to the doctor to fix my problem. Well, what we know about health today is that most of the problems we have are caused by lifestyle. And mm -hmm. we are a big part of changing our lifestyle to help our doctor fix the problem. The doctors have tools they can use, but we can't expect them to do everything. And that's a good part of the ministry and the uh, information that I bring to people is be a part of your own health journey. Take yeah. care of the temple God has given you. And yes, I've written a book, but I've also got a blog they can go to at www.jennybrant.com and they can sign up and get the weekly information that I find out, the research and the interesting things that I continue to find out about what keeps our body healthy? What are some of the best things to eat? What foods prevent cancer? What's the latest research on the best thing a cancer patient can do to help their doctor beat their cancer? Yeah. So we get into a lot of things that I didn't cover in the book because they weren't known at the time that I covered the book. And new information in this cancer field literally comes out every single day. So sign up for the uh, newsletter and the updates at JennyBrandt.com. Uh, for those listening, G-I-N-N-Y-B-R-A-N-T.com. And uh, you can also uh, follow our guest on Facebook at uh, Lifestyle Changes Beat Cancer. That's at Lifestyle Changes Beat Cancer. Uh, all one word, no underscores. Or uh, she's also on Instagram at Ginny Dent Brandt. Uh, so uh, connect with our guests and get the updates because... Um, you've got, you've got one life on this side of eternity and you want to make the most of it because God has a calling and a plan for your life. And it's hard to meet that calling if you're, uh, you know, you're not taking care of the, the things that he's given you, not being a good steward of your body. 
So uh, I highly encourage uh, visiting JennyBrandt.com. Um, and also, Jenny, you, you touched on it already. Um, tell us a little bit, or tell us your story. Uh, you, you said that you moved to Washington, D.C., which I think for anybody either causes them to go far into the darkness or realize that they need the light. So it, <laughs> that is a place that turns people one way or the other. But you know, moving into Washington, D.C. at 16, what, you know, what catalyzed you to pursue the Lord at that point? Well, to be perfectly honest, it was so different from South Carolina. But from the moment I moved to D.C., I saw drugs. I saw immorality. Unbelievable. I'm talking about in the high school. I went to Langley High School, which is known as the drug capital of the world. But my mm. parents didn't know that. I certainly didn't know that. And from the first day I went to that high school, I saw drugs every time I turned around. And so it just to see all these things going on around me that I had not seen in South Carolina made me really search for answers. And yes, just the fact that I had moved and left my boyfriend and all my friends behind and my cheerleading pom-poms, mm -hmm. you know, I had, you know, it's like the rug was pulled out from underneath me. And it was during that year that we moved that I looked up in the sky and I said, Lord, you know, what is it you want me to do in life? What is life all about? And what is my part in it? Because right now I wasn't real happy. Mm -hmm. And that's when I just knew in my heart that there was a God. And that's when I began attending a Bible study that was sponsored by Young Life. And the Young Life leaders literally taught me the power of prayer. They taught me to be grounded in his word. And mm -hmm. my life began to change. And I started to, you know, tell my family about my life changes. And my dad wasn't real happy, you know. My mm -hmm. family looked at me like I was a little bit cuckoo. And you know, it turned out that I kept walking in that direction, whether my father was real fond of it or not. And he was a good church man. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're saved. He went right. to church for morality, for goodness. He was an Eagle Scout. Mm -hmm. And then Watergate came our way. And so he was caught up in the Watergate trials. And mm -hmm. he prepared me at age 17 that he may go to prison, which would leave me to raise my younger brother because my mother was already hospitalized with depression. So like you talk about trials, I hit the trials at 16 and 17 years old. And everything I knew in life was like crumbling beneath my feet. And the only where place I had to look was to God for help. And as I prayed for my family, uh, the book that you showed a little while ago called Finding True Freedom from the White House to the World shows what God did as a teenage girl cr cries out to him to save her father, to help her family, to get my dad through the Watergate trials, to get my mother through this depression. And the book shows how he went way beyond my prayers. And just in a nutshell, my dad eventually gives his life to Christ, does not go to prison in Watergate. And he ends up helping the, the country of Romania and the underground churches come to freedom wow. after communism. And he spent 25 years in, in ministry before he died from Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Now, his disease, Alzheimer's, caused me to start researching. Because to see someone completely lose their mind who was as brilliant as he was politically and then as far as, you know, studying the Bible, he was just a brilliant man. And to see him lose all of that, I just didn't understand what was happening. And what I found out about Alzheimer's is that basically 
90% of that is a lifestyle disease. And so then when I'm diagnosed with cancer, what do I discover from my research? About 90% of cancer is caused by our lifestyle. And as you and I talked about earlier before the show, the rates of cancer in 1930 were one in 30 people got cancer. It was someone down the street that you didn't know too well. And then by 1972, it had gone up to one in 10. And that's when Richard Nixon, whom my father worked for, declared war on cancer with federal funding. And that funding continues today and other presidents have added to it. And we have done all these things for cancer in research that has gotten us better diagnostic tools and better treatments catered more to the individual cancers. However, the rates of cancer today for the generation born today are one in two. Hmm. So we're doing all this to treat cancer. So the mortality is going down, but the cancer rates are continuing to soar. And I didn't know until I got cancer what the rates were. So what they're predicting is by the year 2030, it'll be one in one, meaning that all people will have one or more cancers in their lifetime. It will just be a normal thing that we all have to deal with. I would like to reverse that trend for all people as a witness to the Lord, but to Christians so that we can fulfill the mission that God has us so we can use our gifts for his glory. Because I'm telling you, when you have to fight in a cancer journey like I did for five to six years, I mean, it takes you away from doing a lot of things. You can Mm -hmm. still minister in some ways, but you're kind of, you know, I had to be more isolated. I, you know, had to, I couldn't go everywhere and do everything. Most of my time was spent fighting cancer. So, you know, I would really like to see not so many people get this disease. I would prefer no one Mm -hmm. get this disease. And when you talk about breast cancer, because this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, one in eight women will get breast cancer. Hmm. And here's the real kicker, one in a thousand men, and that's not too many men, but one in a thousand men will get breast cancer and men should not be getting breast cancer because 90% of the men getting breast cancer are estrogen fed. And you and I know that men were not created by God to make large amounts of estrogen. So this lets you know that the estrogen is not just coming from the inside of their body, But in men and women also, as I've learned from the cancer journey, it's coming from the outside in as well. And so this is a major driving point in cancer today that people don't know. It is not listed by the American Cancer Society or breastcancer.org. But they're now starting to see that these endocrine disrupting xenoestrogen hormones that mimic estrogen are coming Mm -hmm. into our bodies through water through air, through what we eat, and through our skin, because mm. our skin absorbs 60 to 70% of what we put on it. And in my cancer case, when I had no risk factors and no genetics, they found high levels of endocrine disrupting hormones in my body that had come in through water, through what I was eating, and a lot through my skin. And so these are the things that are in the book that I'm trying to help people to see that, you know, in the world that we're living in, the most toxic world, 
since the Garden of Eden, where there were no toxins, to now the most toxic world we'd, we've ever lived in, we must realize that we've got to live differently so that these toxins are not building up in our system. Because what happened to me was these toxins were driving my cancer and suppressing my God-given immune system that is made every day. God created our immune system to identify and attack cancer cells every day. Mm -hmm. But when your immune system is suppressed, it's not working as God intended. Yeah. And it, it's a combination of, I think in America, especially we have essentially a, a very sedentary lifestyle. So we're not giving our body the, the exercise it needs to work everything out. Plus we eat so much processed, not even food. I mean, Americans eat stuff that's called, we call food that other nations have outlawed, but we call it food because it's cheap and easy and we can get it while we're driving through the restaurant. And Dave, you are so right. You know, one thing I've learned in the cancer journey is our bodies were never meant to eat processed food. Our bodies were designed by God. And you look at what Adam and Eve ate. You look at what Daniel ate. They ate mainly plants. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what plants do for the body, they help prevent cancer. There are some plants that highly prevent cancer, like blueberries, you know, help your heart, help your lungs, help prevent dementia. They cut off blood supply to cancer tumors. Mm. And it's just one of the plants in the kingdom of God. And every plant in the kingdom of God provides healing for our body. And what do we eat the least of in America? Just like you said, we eat the processed foods. We eat all the heavy meats. We eat a lot of, you know, probably overdo the dairy products. And what do we do the least of? The thing that we need the most of the plants that God created. And what's so interesting is God says in Genesis, in chapter one, I have given you these plants to eat. And plants means all these seed bearing nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables and herbs and spices and beans and legumes. And the average American is eating two, maybe three, and they think French fries is a healthy vegetable. It is not. And what we should be eating is anywhere from 10 to 13 mm. of these plants every day. So I had to revamp my diet so that I'm getting these plants. And these plants provide phytochemicals and antioxidants. They also protect our gut lining, which is our first defense against disease. Believe it or not, this is going to shock you, Dave, 70 to 80% of our immune cells are located in that gut lining. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't properly nourish the gut lining, then our immune system is not going to be strong. And if you have been diagnosed with cancer, as I was, the first thing you've got to look at, which was the last thing I looked at, because I didn't know in time, is the gut lining and properly nourishing it. And if you go through chemotherapy for a year, like I did, your gut is totally destroyed by the chemotherapy. So that's okay because it killed the cancer, all right? But the point is now you've got to rebuild it mm -hmm. and keep it strong. So when I get through with chemotherapy, I did do things to protect my gut that we've now learned through MD Anderson and research in Australia that high fiber diet and probiotic foods and all these plants help to rebuild your gut. And when you're going through chemotherapy, you fare better if you mm. have probiotic foods and fiber. 
But when chemotherapy was over, I had to go on an all out mission to rebuild that gut lining so that my immune system would not be weak for many, many years. When I finished chemotherapy, six weeks later, my immune system was back up and running and within normal ranges. That is wow. unheard of after yeah. first chemotherapy. But the point is what I learned in the cancer journey are the things that we can do to help our doctor to beat our cancer. Our doctors have their job to do. We have our job to do. And I'm beginning to see more and more every day through research that what the cancer patient does is just as important as what the doctor does. And, and as you're talking about basically coming alongside your doctor to fight this battle, it's very similar to what the, uh, Ephesians calls us to is the pastors and the teachers are called to equip the people to do the work for the, for, um, you know, for God. So it, it's, you know, kind of parallel is, you know, the doctors equip us. They, they do a lot of the heavy lifting, but we have to That's come alongside just uh, and do just as much. Otherwise it's not as effective. Just like a pastor is not called to build the kingdom of God. He's called to equip us to build it. So it's, I just, I, I found that uh, parallel interesting as you're talking about it. It's just so important to realize as a cancer patient or just as a person in general, you are the greatest factor in preventing cancer. You're the greatest factor in getting yourself through the cancer journey. And you're the greatest factor in preventing that cancer from coming back. The whole purpose behind the book is to give you eight steps that are going to complement what your doctor is doing so you can fare better or just prevent cancer in the first place. The same eight steps that help you prevent cancer are the same eight steps that help you get through the cancer journey because they're all about enabling your God-given immune system to work the way God created it to work. I mean, it's miraculous. We have the most amazing immune system. Now, do you think that God equipped you with a gift for research to help you through, uh, you know, recovering from your dad's passing due to Alzheimer's and then your own cancer? Do you think that that was maybe a gift that God gave you to help get you through your, your battle with cancer? Well, it definitely was. But I learned to research when I was in college. I was mm. working on my Ph.D. I didn't finish it because twins were born in the middle of my program. My husband finished his Ph.D. I did not finish mine because I had three children, three and under. But my Ph.D. was in research. Mm. And so those skills that I learned in college helped me to be able to, you know, think with a research mind and know what is good research and find it. And so there is plenty of research out there. But I have to be honest with you. When I was in Chicago at Cancer Treatment Centers of America for my second opinion, I asked to meet with the chaplain before my surgery. Hmm. And I just couldn't understand why a health nut like me got cancer. And he looked at me and he said, Jenny, your doctors don't understand it either. You don't have the risk factors. You don't have the genetics. But you are an author and you are a speaker. Consider that God is giving you a gift to help other people. Mm. Now, I hate to tell you what I said to him that day. <laughs> I know you're thinking, oh, she's so sweet. She said, oh, I yes, I want this gift. I can't wait to use it. I looked at him. I said, you don't understand. I don't want this gift. And I literally wrestled with God over it. And he said, I can see it now. Your next book. 
And the first words of the book are, this is the book I never wanted to write. Mm. Well, guess what the first words in my book, Unleash Your God-Given Healing, are? (laughs) This is the book I never wanted to write. So I literally wrestled with God over this gift that this chaplain was trying to tell me God may be giving me because... It was a gift I did not want. I didn't want to talk about cancer. I didn't want to be the cancer queen. But when I kept researching and realizing that some common things I was doing helped me to get cancer and people around me are doing this every day and the rates are so high, I realized, you know, God is giving me a gift and I was more willing to use it at that point, because I was grateful I had lived through the treatments and I had done so well. And it was out of gratitude that I was willing to use the gift I didn't want to use and write the book I didn't want to write. Yeah. And it's not to say that God gave you cancer. He allowed the natural consequences of of the chemicals that we are exposed to and he allowed that, that natural consequence to happen. Not that it's your consequence, but it's just the consequence of life. And he allowed it to happen because he knew that you could use it to bless others. And I think that that's, that it's beautiful because people are like, well, why does God allow suffering? Well, here, here's the perfect example, because your, your suffering and survival could potentially save dozens, if not hundreds of people. And, and those people have a bigger impact for the kingdom and then they reach other people. So it's like, you know, God is like the ultimate multi-level marketer, you know, yeah. <laughs> all the MLMs, like tell two friends and they tell two friends, but the rewards are actually real for this uh, MLM. <laughs> well, you know, what's so amazing is when I realized how much God created the body to heal on an everyday basis. And when you go to sleep at night, is when your body heals and detoxes itself. And, you know, I was running the rat race life at times and my dad was running it for years. That's the way he learned to live. And we need restorative sleep at night Mm -hmm. because when we are in deep sleep, a hormone goes off in our body called melatonin. And it's a major immune builder for COVID and it's a major cancer fighter. And the research is clear that melatonin helps to Mm. fight cancer cells as they come up every single day. But if we're not getting deep sleep at night, then that melatonin is not able to do its job. So everywhere I looked, I was saying, okay, I had no risk factors for the cancer I got. And then I look, oh, but this causes cancer. Oh, this causes cancer. I had this issue. I had that issue. I found plenty of things I was doing that helped to cause my cancer because They were suppressing my God-given immune system. And so my book is a message to people, you know, God's given you this immune system. Take care of your body. Do the right things so it can thrive and flourish. I mean, here today, we've just been through a two and a half year so far pandemic, Mm -hmm. okay? And the pandemic, whether you got a bad case of COVID or whether you got COVID, highly related, well, it was highly contagious. There's, There's no doubt about it. But if you got the really bad cases, a lot of it related to your lifestyle. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that the research was clear and no one can deny it is that the people that ate more plants got lesser cases of COVID. The people that ate, as we were talking about, the typical standard American diet on an everyday basis, 
didn't fare as well with COVID. So when you look at these things, I mean, we need to, you know, God can use COVID for good, even though it's something we all didn't want. And I have learned a lot through COVID about flus and diseases. And, you know, we need to keep our immune systems up, not just to prevent cancer, but who knows what the next pandemic or the next virus or flu will be. And your best defense or your best way of not getting a bad case is to keep your immune system working strong. During COVID, the entire time, my husband and I were walking our two to three miles a day. Mm. And that is the best thing you can do to help prevent disease because movement stimulates your immune system. Movement uh, moves viruses and trash out of your body. And just like you said a little while ago, exercise, when we exercise rather than being sedentary, it helps our body to sweat and remove toxins so that our immune system can work as God intended. So exercise was one of the key things that got me through the cancer journey. And I was doing it before and after chemo, before and after surgery, as much as I possibly could. And I was doing it to relieve stress. And then the research showed me, oh my goodness, it did all these other wonderful things to help me get through the cancer journey. Mm. So exercise has now been proven in research by 30 entities in Australia and by MD Anderson to be the best thing a cancer patient can do. Instead of getting chemo and going home and laying in the bed for a week, You should move before and afterwards if you can. You do what you can when you can. So it's important to understand how the body works and how we can use it to our benefit to enhance the immune systems God God has given us rather than suppressing it with a sedentary lifestyle and eating all these processed foods. Yeah. And one of the things that is so rarely talked about during the COVID pandemic was that I don't know the exact number, but well over half of the COVID deaths were people who had a deficiency in vitamin D. So you're walking two to three miles a day, you're getting increased levels of vitamin D, which is one of the most important vitamins, one of, uh, for immune health. And it was not nearly discussed enough. Uh, You know, that was one of the biggest flaws of stay home, save lives was if you're staying home, you're not getting the vitamin D, you can take supplements, but supplements are not the same as going out and getting an hour in the sun. Well, what we were doing is during COVID, we were kind of feared into staying at home in dark places, the sedentary lifestyle where potato chip sales soared. Mm -hmm. So we're being sedentary, we're eating junk food, we're developing pot bellies, and we're not getting sunshine, we're not moving all these things. And we weren't making the situation any better, you know? And so one of the things I learned in the cancer journey, and this was told me by three different doctors, if my vitamin D levels had been higher, I might not have gotten cancer. So vitamin Mm. D is not just a flu preventer or lessen your case of flu or to help with COVID. It also helps prevent cancer. It's amazing what spending time in the sun or with the sun can can do for you. Um, you know, I'm I'm using both versions of the sun, S O N, you know, the sun and yeah, S O N. And I, I think that uh, yeah, I think that this information is so important because we take our diets and they're horrible, 
and we try to supplement them with manufactured fake impre- you know like um imposter vitamins and supplements whereas if you we do what you're suggesting and we actually eat the plants themselves instead of waiting for them to be processed in a pill form we could prevent and strengthen our bodies so that we can fight off so much and i think it's so important especially coming out of these last two and a half years because we don't know what the next pandemic is going to be what the next virus is going to be and if you think about it especially in north america when the cold and flu season hits that hits when we're inside because it's too cold to go outside and when we stayed inside during covid that just created a whole new flu season where we just weaken our immune systems and deplete our ability to fight it. So I think that it it's invaluable research and I hate that you went through your cancer journey, but I think that I speak for a lot of people that were thankful that you said, yes, you, you uh, uh, allowed God to put you in the whale for just a little bit and then spit you out on, so on the shore. And then, um, but you know, I did wrestle with him for a while. over Yeah. It. <laughs> You're like, all right, fine, Lord, throw me overboard and then the whale will eat you. But uh, uh, it's just, it's amazing what God, uh, God has this all planned. We just need to trust in him more and more. Uh, A few minutes ago, uh, Sue uh, Emmons commented, so good, Jenny. I have saved it and will share with others. Uh, So I don't know if she knows you or you know her. She does. Yeah, she does. So Sue, thanks for checking in with us. Um, So uh, we want to, again, encourage everyone go to the website jennybrant.com g-i-n-n-y-b-r-a-n-t.com sign up for the newsletter check out the blogs find out the new information and equip yourself with knowledge uh now i don't think that and and maybe you can correct me if if i'm being wrong but this is not about um an obsessive lifestyle of uh it's like just making better decisions i think is, is is the platform right or or do you do you encourage like a total Daniel lifestyle? Well, I, I really do encourage some major lifestyle changes from hydration and movement and deep sleep and a change in diet. Now the Bible never tells us that we, you know, can't eat meat, but I think one of the things I learned is that when we eat, like I used to meat three times a day and dairy three times a day, that's probably not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. We can get our protein from other sources. So now, as my husband said tonight, we just had a meatless day today, but we don't do that every day. Tomorrow we might have meat one time. I used to have meat three or four times a day. Meat is hard to digest. It's mm-hmm. a good source of protein. It's got its benefits, but I don't think our body was ever designed. We were designed to eat plants. The Bible says at some point, yes, you can have meat. But the point is, uh, we shouldn't go from all plants like Adam and Eve and Daniel to meat, 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 meat. You know what I'm saying? So I think we really need to look, all the research is clear, Dave, that Mm -hmm. the more you eat a plant-based diet, the more your risk for heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, everything in the book. And your long, you know, goes down and your longevity goes up. I'm not saying we have to be like Daniel and have nothing but plants and water, but that's exactly what Daniel ate and who fared better. Right. Daniel and his friends. And what did Adam and Eve eat? 
you know, they hate plants and water. But it is the missing ingredient that we need to increase in our diet because we've gotten hooked on these processed foods and we just don't get enough of the plants. And it's not just fruits and vegetables, it's beans and legumes and nuts and seeds and herbs and spices. I have never put so many herbs and spices in my food. But a lot of these herbs and spices are cancer preventing and immune building. So everything God gave us in the kingdom, he gave us for a reason and we need to make use of it. And I used to hate to cut up a bunch of onions for a recipe and mushrooms and garlic. And now I delight in it because it's so good for the body that I don't mind cutting it up because I know I'm doing something good for my husband and I. So I'm doing a lot more chopping than I've ever done before. Yeah. And and when it becomes your lifestyle and you choose to do it, it gets easier because you you, you start seeing that that goal coming closer and closer of having that better lifestyle. And if you're someone like me that wants to have kids or you want to have grandkids or you just want to have an active lifestyle, you can do that much longer if you take better care. It's just like if you always get the cheap gas at the uh, rundown gas station, eventually your car is going to break down. But if you put good fuel in it and you take good care of it, you do the right maintenance, it'll last a long time. Uh, maybe older cars. Uh, I think the new cars are designed to be disposable. But, you know, the 80s and 90s, you know, especially the 80s, you know, the land yachts, those are designed to live forever. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. And I really appreciate, uh, uh, your work and, um, everything, uh, to make sure that people can have this information. Uh, jennybrandt.com is the website. Now, Jenny, uh, I warned you before we came on the air that there are two final segments. Uh, the final segment will be asking your wise counsel for anyone that wants to use their gifts for God's glory. And that could be, uh, whether you want to talk from an author's perspective, from a research perspective, or just speaking in general. So uh, we'll let that marinate in the back of your mind for now. Uh, But first we do the interrogation, seven random questions that otherwise wouldn't have fit in the conversation. So here we go. So first question, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I wanted to be a model, believe it or not. I was a very shy child and I wanted to model in New York City and I did achieve my goal And then when God intervened, I left my modeling career to go into helping people and getting on mission with God instead. Awesome. Question number two, what uh, is your favorite comfort food? Oh, gosh, I love hamburgers, French fries, cheeseburgers, cheesecake. Those are probably, Mm. yeah, I love all those things. I'm just normal like everybody else. Yeah, cheesecake's my favorite. Um, Question number three, with whom do you most relate in scripture? Joseph. Definitely Uh, Joseph, because everything that happened to him, even though it wasn't, a lot of it wasn't his fault, God used it for good. mm. And so I look back in my life with my dad and all the things that we went through and God the whole time had a plan and I didn't realize that he was going to use it for, for good. And so I very much identify with Joseph. Nice. Question number four, what's a talent you have that few people know about? A talent. I sing. Um, and when I sing, sometimes I sing in music and sign language at the same time. Hmm. 
Hmm. So I coordinate the sign to the song. Okay. As we talked before we went on the air, my wife uh, used to do that at our former church where she would sign the uh, the worship music at the beginning. And it was it was really like a type of worship dance as she yes. signed the, the, the words. Definitely is. Question number five, how do you recharge? Whew, how do I recharge? To be perfectly honest, just like I always say, when you sleep at night, that's when you recharge your, your battery. I make sure that I get eight hours of sleep at night and then wake up in the morning to read his word and to pray. And so mm-hmm. I got to I got to do all of it. You know, I've got to get recharged sleep wise because your body re- regenerates and heals and detoxifies. And then you've got to stay in his word as well and study his word and commit to prayer. So those two things together recharge me. But I'm telling you, without sleep, I'm kind of worthless. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question number six. Uh, what was an embarrassing moment that ended up turning out OK? Oh, embarrassing moment. I've had a lot of embarrassing moments. I can remember when I was a teenager, I literally fell in the mud at a party and literally my face, my whole body fell right in the mud. And I thought I would never live through that. And now nobody remembers that. So I don't know what I was so worried about. (laughs) Well, your skin still looks radiant. (laughs) Maybe the mud helped. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final question of the interrogation. What are the top three things on your bucket list? Oh, goodness. Well, to be perfectly honest, my husband and I would like to go to Australia. We think that would be fascinating. So that's definitely up there. And I would like to go to Antarctica. So that would be number two. And let's see, what would number three be? Um, I think I'd like to go to England and not England. I just went to England, but to Scotland and Ireland. So my husband and I, we love to travel and that's what we're doing in our retirement years. And so, yeah, we, there's all these, we have our bucket list of places we want to go. Very nice. I like it. All right. Well, you made it through the interrogation pretty well unscathed. I survived. You survived. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, if, I, if you can survive cancer, my interrogation was going to be no, no, no challenge. But the uh, final question I ask every guest uh, for anyone that uh, wants to step up, use their gifts for God's glory. What's your wise counsel? Well, you know, my dad said after he became a Christian and he was 25 years in politics and 25 years in ministry, he said the most exciting years of his life and the most rewarding years were the 25 years in ministry. Now that's Mm. over working for three different presidents and a senator, okay? When, you know, he just thought that that was the highest privilege that anyone could have in life. And I would would totally agree. You know, when I got the cancer diagnosis, there were some days I did come to the grips with the fact that I may die. I mean, they were telling me, I was signing papers that said, including death, you know, Mm. every time I turned around. And I said, well, you know, the thing is, if I if I live or whether I die, I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to use my gifts. And if that means I teach people how to die in the faith, then that's what I'll do. Because a student of mine did that in her cancer journey. She used her gifts as she was dying from cancer to show people how to live for Christ and then how to die in Christ. Mm. So whatever your gift is, whatever it is, we are to glorify God in whatever situation we're in because people 
are always watching. Yeah, it's a good word. And I love the idea that, that as you're talking about your father who spent 25 years in politics, and then 25 years in ministry. The reason why it was more fun in ministry is because he got promoted. He went from working for president to working for the king. Right. And eternal significance, you know, eternal values are more important than earthly values. And so that's why when we use our gifts for God, then we're storing up riches in heaven. We're helping other people to go to heaven. And so, you know, that's that's the ultimate thing. And we can all be a part of that. Amen. All right. Well, uh, Jenny Brandt, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I again, invite our guests to go to JennyBrandt.com to get connected, to uh, find out more uh, great tips, uh, buy the book, support her. Uh, other than buying the book, what is a, a way that people watching or listening could support you in your work? Well, they can tell other people when they find out someone has cancer or they have concerns about it because they're in their family, they can direct them to my website because the best way to not get cancer is to prevent it Mm. in the first place. So the more they can, you know, share my, my website and tell people about the book, it is a powerful book, whether you are preventing cancer in the journey or preventing it from coming back. The best thing to do is not to get it in the first place. Sounds good. So I'll go to JennyBrandt.com for that. And uh, we don't have a show next Monday night uh, because Bobby and I are going to be in Texas, but we'll be back live next Wednesday, October 12th. Uh, We'll be welcoming Kay Rubasek, who uh, has a great and powerful story of fighting communism and fighting communist China and trying to uh, help people find freedom uh, from communism as well as finding freedom in Christ. We'll be talking to her on Wednesday live on Wednesday, October 12th. So I hope to see you then. And until that time, I hope you have a great rest of your evening, great rest of your week. Uh, Jenny, God bless you and uh, stay strong. And uh, I hope to uh, have you back on sometime soon. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or a workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gutty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line, and we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today, and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY. That's at WellversedCMDY. Or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at wellversecomedy.com.